All right, well, we've been in a series uh, for a few weeks. We started it a um, number of weeks ago, and then we picked it up last week, called Abounding in Love. So we're going to uh, continue on that today. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 12. 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 12. It says, May the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you, so that we, or so that He may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our, our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all His saints. Verse 12 says, May the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all. Now this is a prayer that you can pray for yourself, you can pray it for your family, you know, we pray it for you guys uh, and people that, uh, that, are, that we pray for, our families and, and um, extended family and, and just people that are on our list, which includes you. Uh, may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all. This is the desire of God is for us to increase and abound in love. Um, in the Amplified, those verses say, May the Lord cause you to increase and excel and overflow in love for one another and for all people, just as we also do to you, so that he may strengthen and establish your hearts without blame. In holiness, in the sight of our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. So it says, verse 12, may the Lord cause you to increase and excel and overflow. That's what abound means. Abound means to present in large numbers or in great quantity, to be prevalent. So when we say abound in love, we're talking about lots of love. More than enough love. And this is talking about us abounding in love. That means we have love flowing, overflowing. Um, it means to burst, to overflow, to bulge, to brim. You can just see a picture of there's just too much. Well, it's not hard to to believe that or, or comprehend that when you, you, you know that God is in us and He is love, He is the God Almighty. And so if He's in us and we're tapping in with Him and He is love and He's limitless, well, now you can see how you could abound in love if you hook up with Him. It's not you generating your love. Well, that's not going to happen. If you're just trying to get your love, it's not going to look bulging. I mean, it may look like it on some days, sometimes, you know, you're in a good mood. But that's not what we're talking about, and that's not the Christian life. It's not us generating. See, that's religion when you're trying to you do it. And somebody said it like this. They said the Christian life is not hard to live. It's impossible to live in your own strength. It's impossible for you to live the way uh, Jesus God has called us through Jesus to live, you can't do it. You have to rely on God to do it. Love is one of those things. You can't love in your own self. God is love. We'll see that. We'll read that verse again. But 1 John 4, 8 says, God is love. And so if he's love, well, there's no way you're going to generate love by yourself. You need him. And especially if it's going to be overflowing, you need him. 
You need to hook up with him in order for it to be what it's supposed to be. Even if you said it's just, you know, I'm, oh, I'm really getting there in myself. Well, no, it's not going to be the same as if you're hooked up with him. It's going to be, there's so much more of a force there. And so it's not us trying to abound in love. It's just hooking up with him and hit letting him love through us. That's a different thing. See, it takes the pressure off you. You may not feel like loving, and that may happen a lot, but it has nothing to do with you feeling. You're just choosing to hook up with him and loving anyway. That's the truth. Let's look at uh, Philippians 1.9, another verse that we've used as a foundation. Uh, Philippians 1.9 says, In this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment that your love may abound still more and more in, all, in knowledge and all discernment. In the Amplified Classic, verse 9 says, And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more and extend to its fullest development in knowledge and all keen insight. So your love is abounding, is growing more and more. Now let's look at uh, 1 John 4, 7. Mentioned this passage of Scripture, but let, and we looked at it before, but let's look at it. So our love is to grow. It's to abound. It's to increase. It's to be overflowing. That's how we're supposed to walk. Is, I mean, I want you to get this picture as we go through this series of just this bursting, brimming love on the inside of you that as you walk around in the earth, it's just overflowing to your fellow man. It, and it's God inside you. I want you to get a visual of God on the inside of you, the Spirit of God. You walk through, through life, whether it's in the office, whether it's in your home, whether it's you know, going to relative's house, whether it's in the store, but this picture of God Himself on the inside of you and His love just overflowing like a force going toward everybody you meet. You walk up to somebody, there's love there. Well, if, if there's love overflowing, then that's going to squash anything that wouldn't be love. But you got to yield to it. But He is in us, and we flow with Him, and it will be overflowing. It's just to the degree that we work with Him. Verse 7, 1 John 4, verse 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God. See, it's, this is saying you can't love without Him. So this isn't a human thing. You know, people know about love, but you know, people talk about love and they also talk about not believing in God. Well, that's whether they know it or not, that's just not possible. It's something that looks like love, and people call all kinds of stuff love that aren't love, but you can't really love unless you know God and you're, you're working with Him. It, verse 8 says, He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So how could you love if you don't know God? How could there be love without God if God's love? You know, it's like I believe in love, but I don't believe in love, because God's love. Well, I believe in love, but I don't believe in God. Well, you just said you don't believe in love. You don't know it, maybe. But no, God is love, so He is the source. Verse 9, in this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world. So this is how it was illustrated, that we might live through Him. Verse 10, in this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us 
and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. See, love always gives. We'll get into that probably later uh, to some degree, but love is first. Love's going first. See, human love wants to see what, quote-unquote, love, fickle, fleshly love, not the God kind of love. We'll see, what are you going to do for me, and then I may pay you back. Well, that's not love. Love lays down its life even when you're not given back. That's what God did. It says, this is how we know love. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. See, we didn't love God. Humanity didn't love God, but God gave anyway. See, that's love. When people say, well, I'll see what you do, and then I might love you back, you're not loving. They may call it love, but it's not love. <clears throat> not that it says, in this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Verse 11, beloved, if God so loved us, see, that's, he showed us what to do. We also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and His love has been perfected in us. See, if we love, it means that God is in us, because we couldn't love without Him, and His love has been perfected in us. Uh, that means we know He loves us. And we talked about that last week, not going to recap all that. We're just kind of, you know, um, getting everybody on the same page here, talking, touching on some things that... Uh, we've touched on to some degree, but last week we really talked about the fact that to really love, you got to know that God loves you, that he's in you, that he loves you. Now you can love somebody else because if you're trying to love without knowing God loves you, you got the, the cart before the horse, you're not going to be able to love anybody because you don't know what God did for you. We're supposed to be like him. Well, if you don't know what he did, how are you going to be like him? How are you going to flow? How are you going to know what the God kind of love looks like, like I just talked about here, what Jesus did for you? Well, if you don't know what Jesus did for you, if God, God did for you through Jesus, how are you going to do something for somebody else? You get, it's going to be all warped. It's going to be messed up. And that's what happens so many times. Christians think they have to like the other person, love them in their own strength, and they miss the fact how much God loves them. Once they understand that, once we understand that, now we can be secure. And now, of course, we can just let that love pass through because you're not trying to hold on like, well, well I need love. I can't do that for you. I need it. Well, once you know, you have it. God loves you. Now you can let it flow and be like, well, I love you. Well, God loves me. I'm set. I, I'm, I'm good with him. Now I can love you. That's how you can, that's how people can lay down their lives for somebody. You know where you're going. You know what happened. You know what, what God did through Jesus. So, you know, I, I, can, I can love somebody and um, give for them. Now let's look at Romans 13.8. We'll get into what the emphasis we really have for tonight. Romans 13.8. It says, Owe no one anything except to love one another, for he who loves one another has fulfilled the law. Verse 9 for the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, all are all summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. Love is the fulfillment of the law. Let's look at Galatians 
Galatians 5.13 says, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. It says, All the law is fulfilled in one word, or one saying, one thought, even this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then let's look at James 2, verse 8. It says, If you really fulfill the royal law, according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You do well, but if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. Verse 8 says, If you really fulfill the royal law, talking about, same thing, the law, According to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So this is saying you can fulfill the law, fulfill, it says here, the royal law uh, by loving your neighbor as yourself. So like it said in Romans and like it says in various ways here, love, walking in love, is the fulfillment of the law. The law is all the statutes that God passed down to Israel, and these are people that are not born again, don't have the Spirit of God living on the inside of them. So they were giving all the statutes in order to know what's right and what's wrong. And there were some things that are there for a specific time, and there's some things that are universal. Anything that's not displaced by what's in the new covenant, then it stands. But there's things that is changed that were for a certain time. And, and, and for instance, we're not to sacrifice animals today. That Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. He's come. So even though those sacrifices, go back and read all the, the sacrifices in the Old Testament that the priests were to carry out, those don't apply now. But that was in the law. But Jesus has the, is the perfect lamb, the spotless lamb, and he is the sacrifice. And so we don't offer sacrifices anymore. That displaces the law. So if something is changed, if it's... If it's um, if it's covered in the new covenant, then it displaces what is in the old covenant. And there's a lot of you know, dietary things and stuff that uh, the scripture covers in the new covenant. Well, but there are a number of, of um, laws, a lot number of statutes in the old covenant. They haven't changed. They're still valid. Like it, if we go to back to Romans, if we can put up Romans you know, 13. Let's look at uh, 8. Or nine. It says in verse 9, for the, for the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. If there is any other commandment, all are all summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Well, it's still wrong to commit adultery. It's still wrong to murder. It's still wrong to steal. still wrong to bear false witness or lie. Uh, you shall not covet to, to lust after somebody else's um, possessions or wife or anything. Uh, those are all wrong. And it's saying these things are fulfilled in one saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 10, love does no harm to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. So love, it fulfills, walking in love fulfills all righteousness. We're right with God through Jesus. 
So we're made right, but as we walk out our salvation here, you know, it's still, you, you still are operating. Uh, you, your actions are either good or they're not good. In other words, it, it doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not, it's wrong to murder. If you're a Christian, you're right with God, but if you murder somebody, uh, they're going to lock you up. You know, or, or, or worse, I mean, there's the death penalty in some cases. That, that doesn't, just because you're right with God, your actions mean something. Well, the Bible is saying in these verses we've read, love is the fulfillment of anything the law would say what to do or not do. Now remember, the law is written to people that aren't born again. They don't have the Spirit of God living on the inside of them. Not what we're talking about earlier, the Spirit of God living on the inside of us and being love. The old, people in the Old Covenant, they didn't have that. So they don't, have the, they don't have love on the inside of them. Now God is love, we read. And the, for the Christian, he's on the inside of us. For when the law was given, he's not on the inside of anybody. He's only, he, you know, the presence of God for the Israelites was in the Holy of Holies. And he only came on certain people, like the king and the priest and the prophet, but he did not live in people. So they had to have statutes. This is, what, this is what it looks like. This, 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 this. And they had to abide by them. And they're pretty harsh. You know, if you go read through Deuteronomy and Leviticus, there's some harsh stuff in there. No, I'm not going to take time to get into to some of that, but just go look. I mean, there's some, some harsh punishments. But these, these statutes are for people that don't have love on the inside of them, so they got to be told. It's like, and the Bible does uh, say this in Scripture, it's like the, the rules you give to a little child. That's what it said. The law was to govern until we could be born again and have love on the inside. You had to tell what is right or wrong. Well, you got to tell a little kid, a child does not know right or wrong. Out of the, when, they're, when they're behaving, they have to be trained. When they're, when they're just starting to, uh, when they're walking their life out and, and starting to make decisions, they're going to inherently be selfish. They're going to give into the flesh. So you've got to tell them what to do and not do. And you have to give them rules. And you have to give children, you know, when they're younger, certain rules that you don't have to give an older child. You expect them to know. And you can't possibly cover every situation. And so... You're going to tell them certain things, but then they may do something that's not covered. Well, it's, it's like that um, when we talk about the Old Testament law as well. God laid down the law, but he didn't cover every case, and so people try to get around it like they do today. That's why you have revisions of laws. It's like, well, you didn't say you couldn't do this. Well, it was, that's meant, but yes, for the letter of the law, you're right, okay, so we have to now add another thing. Love covers, when you walk in love, you're going to do everything that's in the law and everything that's in between the lines. You're not going to ever do anything that's wrong if you're walking in love. It, the Bible says in verse 10, love, in Romans 10, 10, love does no harm to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. In other words, walking in love covers every. Uh, statute that is actually considered right, it will be fulfilled by walking in love. Because what are you doing when you're walking in love? 
you are yielding to the Holy Spirit on the inside of you who is love. So anything that He would have you to do is going to be right. It's going to line up with the Word of God. It'll never violate the Word of God, but it will be right. If this is the line of right and wrong, love is going to be back behind it. It's not going to push up and see how far it can get and see if you went over the line and, and see if you can get away with something. Love will go about, uh, above and beyond. And love then fulfills, for the New Testament Christian, for the Christian in the New, new Covenant, our commandment is to walk in love, to be led by the Spirit of God. Well, the Spirit of God is love. The Bible says, if you're led by the Spirit of God, you're not under the law. Well, if you're led by the Spirit of God, you are walking in love. And walking in love is the fulfillment of the law. So you're going to do what's right, even if there's no letter telling you what to do. You're, in other words, you're not going to look and say, well, can I get away with that? You're going to say, what would love do? In other words, what would I want done if it were me? What would I want done to me? That's what love is going to do. It's not ever going to do uh, harm to a person. Let's look at John 13, 34. <clears throat> John 13, 34 says, this is Jesus, says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples, if... You have love for one another. Jesus said, I'm giving you a new commandment. As I have loved you, so you also love one another. Well, Jesus is God. The Holy Spirit is God. As a Christian, then we have the Spirit of God on the inside of us. And as He shows us to love, we're going to flow with Him and we're going to walk in love. And that is how... We are going to love other people, and that is what is going to be a witness to the fact that we're Jesus' disciples, is our love. Not going to be our doctrine, not going to be signs and wonders. Those are witness, but ultimately, those things, and we're going to read this in, in 1 Corinthians, those things do not take the place of walking in love. They... they if you do things that are spectacular or very polished, but there's no love there, then it's just noise. What is the thing that is going to actually witness to people? It's love. And this is universal. Everybody in the planet, it doesn't matter what the background is, doesn't matter what religion they come from, they, they really want to be loved and they want to see love in other people. That's what speaks to people. Not doing things out of obligation or because religion or your statutes tell you to do that. And so you're you know, doing that so that you don't get in trouble. That's not love. That's selfish. You know, somebody thinks in their religion or, or uh, way of life that if they do these things, they'll get to heaven that's selfish. You're not laying down your life. You're doing it because you got to have so many check marks before you're going to make the grade. Mm -hmm. That's selfish. And people can see that. That's called religion. 
They'll look and say, you don't really care about me. And you can tell because people that are religious and that are under a lot of pressure, they can turn mean real quick. It looks like they're doing the right thing, but they don't actually, if they're not motivated by love, they don't actually care about people. They care about appearances and they care about themselves. Love doesn't care about that stuff as much as getting the job done and loving the person. Doing what's right because you're honoring God and letting God work through you to love somebody is a whole lot different than you trying to do stuff so that God will accept you. That's inherently selfish. And so love is what is going to be a witness to people. Love is the fulfillment of the law. You will fulfill all righteousness by walking in love, and, and that will be the witness to other people. You're truly walking as God would walk, like Jesus would walk, because love is being led by the Spirit. That's what's going to be a witness to people. So love isn't something separate from doing the right thing. Love is doing the right thing in every situation. You ever wonder what, you know, it's like, should I walk in love or not in this situation? That's like saying, should I do the right thing or not? In other words, there isn't walking in love and then a, a set of guidelines and love is just part of it. Love is the superset of the way to, work, to live on this earth. It is the way to live. Jesus was led by the Spirit all the time, which means he walked in love all the time. In other words, everything Jesus did, we may look at some of those things later, but not tonight, everything he did was love, which gives you a picture of what it looks like. And it doesn't always look like the same, and it surely doesn't look like the way some people's ideas of it look. Because Jesus was tough at times. In other words, when he was saying to the Pharisees, you're whitewashed graves, that was love. And certain people would say, oh, that's mean. And if you were to take it out of context and just say, is this a mean statement or not? And they say, well, that's really harsh, that's mean. And then you, you know, reveal who said it, Jesus. <laughs> well, I just don't agree with that. Well, you're wrong. You have You have religion. Love is walking after God, and Jesus was the perfect example of love. Love fulfills any kind of statute or principle or right or wrong. Love fulfills every single one all the time. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1. You know, we probably look at this more than one time, and we've looked at it uh, in our intro, but... This is a, uh, really a description of love. This is called the love chapter, 1 Corinthians. You hear this in a lot of weddings. And that's not a bad thing. But sometimes we hear things and we're just like it dumbs it down. But this is what it looks like. So when you, when you read these, these verses here, th these verses fulfill every statute if you were to go through and look at all the, the statutes in the Old Testament, and there are a lot. There's not just ten. I mean, there are a lot of things, and they cover all kinds of stuff you wouldn't think it would cover. All those things are covered, all those statutes are covered by these sentences we're about to read. In other words, if you do what's here, 
you automatically fulfill the other. Now there's ceremonial things and stuff you wouldn't necessarily know and a lot of that stuff we're not under anyway. But the idea behind those things for that time, some of it was shadows, some of it was to give you know, a, a picture of what Jesus would do. But in every case, to fulfill real righteousness, you're reading what it looks like right here. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 1 says, Though I speak with the tongue of men, tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I have become sounding breasts or a, cla a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains but not, have not love, I am nothing. So, in other words, these first three verses are saying, even if you do these things that a lot of people would go, ooh, ah, that's awesome. If it's not motivated by love, the Bible is saying it's noise, it's nothing. Why? Because if it's not love, God's not in it. And you can say, how could you do certain things and God not be in it? God, God gives gifts and God... Uh, you know, the Bible says the, the gifts and callings of gods are without, or God is without repentance. You could have something on your life and be operating in certain gifts, but at any time not be walking in love or be walking in love with those. And the gifts don't just boomerang, come back and forth. They're there. But if you don't walk in love, you will get into trouble. And eventually can destroy a life. There are people that are ve were very gifted, amazingly anointed, did not walk in love, they, but God was still operating through them, but they weren't walking in love, but they hit a wall and they died young. There's a consequence. There's people that they, they were anointed, they were operating in healing ministry, but they got into things they shouldn't, and God was still using them. And see, Satan's subtle to say, well, God's still using you. He's putting a stamp of approval. He's not putting a stamp of approval, but he's not withdrawing everything. He's, give, he's mercy. And somebody keeps going on, and all of a sudden they blow up. You go, how did that happen? Didn't happen overnight. But these things, people are oohed and awed by, by some of this stuff. Like verse 1, you go to back to... 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1, Though I speak with the tongue of, tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Though, though I speak uh, eloquently, though I, I speak with power, men of, uh, the, the tongues of men and angels speak in tongues, but if I'm not motivated by love, it's just noise. In other words, it could be very eloquent, but just be hard to listen to because there's no love. Verse 2, though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and knowledge, and though I have all faith that I can remove mountains but have not loved, I'm nothing. So even though you have the supernatural flowing and understand knowledge and have faith so much so that you're removing mountains but you have nothing, don't have love, it says you're nothing. Well, Love is the fulfillment of the law. If you're not walking in love, these things, even though they're spectacular, are actually wrong. They actually could do harm to people. Love is the most important thing. In other words, if you had to pick between doing something spectacular and walking in love, you pick walking in love every single time. Because that's walking after God. That's what impresses God. Because that's walking like Him. It's not doing the thing that men sometimes would say, Ooh, that's so cool. Wow. 
There's all kinds of stuff that's impressive, but not godly. And the world exalts stuff like that. But God doesn't think like that. Verse 3, though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned. I mean, surely, you're giving all your money to help people in need and giving your body as a martyr to be burned. Surely that's good, but it says, if you don't do it in love, but not have not love, it profits me nothing. There's people that do these things out of religious obligation. Even be laying down your life. You know, there's certain people, they think that if they become a martyr, they don't know Jesus, and they've been told if they become a martyr, they're going to end up in heaven, but they don't know God. That's actually selfish to begin with. It's not motivated by love, and they're going to wake up in hell because they believed a lie. This doing these things, not motivated by love, it, it says it's nothing. Uh, verse 4, so here's where we get into what love looks like. Now we're going to read this in the New King James here, and then we're going to look at it in the Amplified. But this is a picture of what love does. And so as we look at this, now we're, we're talking about love is the fulfillment of law. That means it fulfills all righteousness. It fulfills everything that would be considered right in the Old Covenant. Love is a superset. So these are the behaviors that actually what the law was intended to do. This is what we're actually supposed to do, uh, enabled by the power of God and the Holy Spirit. Verse 4 says, love suffers long and is kind. Now we're going to read through this, but then let's just let's, uh, spend the time in the Amplified because that's, it's, it's much clearer. It's a really good version of this. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, excuse me, endures all things, love never fails. Right there, you can see love never fails because it's always right, because it's what God would do. God doesn't ever fail, so if you're hooked up with love, it always works. Some people say, I got to get a strategy to deal with this relationship. What's the real deal? Love. Now, you need to know what love looks like. That's why we're looking at this. Because love, people say, well, you just love them. And people have all kinds of warped ideas of what love means. Some, to some people, it's like, well, if I love them, then that means I'm the doormat, right? No, that's not what it means. Some people go to the opposite. Well, if I love them, I'm just going to beat them over the head with the truth. <laughs> no. How would you want to be treated? Is that how you like to be treated? Are people that dish that out think that they can take it, but most, mostly they can't. And we don't want to do, you know, you think, well, I'm ready to take criticism. I'll give it out. I'm ready. But even when people ask for criticism or ask for honest feedback, most of the time they don't really want it. Because when you, when you think you want it and you're asking, you're thinking everything's okay. And then when somebody tells you something that you didn't think about, it's still hard on your pride and you probably still don't want to listen to it. Just the way people are. Let's look at this in the Amplified. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4, Amplified Classic, the original Amplified. I think the originals, for the most part, better. There's some things that are decent. Every once in a while, I use the Amplified, but for the most part, I like the Classic. 
verse 4 said, Love endures long and is patient and kind. So now, when we're reading this, you know, we've heard different, probably everybody in here has heard about, you know, uh, preaching on this exact ver- these exact verses. When we're looking at it, no, th- love is, when we're reading these descriptions, love is what God would do, because God is love. So this is how, number one, God loves us. This is when we talk about God loving us first, you have to know this is how he looks at you and this is how he operates with you. Number two, this is how we're to operate with other people in every situation. And by doing that, we'll always cover the bases for any law that's godly. You know, people make up crazy laws, but we're talking about godly laws. Verse four says, love endures long and is patient and kind. So it doesn't, it's not short fused. It's patient and it's kind while it's doing it. While it's being patient, still kind. Love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy. Well, if you're not envious, the Bible says not to steal, not to covet. Well, that just knocked out. You're not going to steal something if you're not envious or jealous. You know, jealousy is more to do with people. Well, the Bible says not to cover your neighbor's wife. Well, if you're not jealous, you're not going to do that. You're not going to be envious of the property. You're not going to steal. I mean, it just, it, it knocks out all those things. If you're doing this, you're not going to, you don't even need the Ten Commandments. You're going to walk in love and you're thinking it'll, it'll cover the Ten Commandments plus everything in between, plus everything around it. You're not going to, you know, you're not going to do the stuff that will fulfill that letter, but actually is not fulfilling the intent. You're going to do it, you're going to go over and above. Because God is always right, and if we're flowing with Him, it's going to be right in every sense of the, the, the word. The Bible says not to give the appearance of evil. Not just to, somebody say, well, can I get away with this? Yeah, but it looks bad. Well, I'm not really doing it, but it looks like you are. The Bible says don't even give the appearance. Well, love won't do that. Love will think, well, no, I don't even want to, if that's the line, I don't want to give any impression that we're doing anything wrong. So love is never envious, nor boils over with jealousy, is not boastful or vainglorious. So, you know, not proud, bragging, throwing things out that saying you're so great. It does not display itself haughtily. Verse 5, it is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. It is not rude, unmannerly. Well, if you're not rude and unmannerly, you're not going to kill somebody. Pretty rude to kill somebody. You don't even get near there. You're not even rude, let alone. You know, people, well, love is a superset of all these things. It is not rude, unmannerly. It does not act unbecomingly. I mean, you, you know, some people, well, I, I can get, you know, this is right. Well, but is it, is it unbecoming? Yeah, but I'm right, and I just need to let them know. Well, yeah, but are you being nice about it? Is it unbecoming? Because then it doesn't fit this. It means it might be, you might think it's technically okay, but is that the way love would act? Is that the way God would act? Well, if we're guided by this, we're, we're going to cover every, every aspect of being right. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way. Love doesn't insist on being right all the time. That doesn't mean you don't stand up for what is right. It means 
you're going to win anyway. You don't give into what's wrong, but you talk about, well, this is my idea versus your idea. Okay, well, we can do your idea. We're not talking about ungodly things. That would be wrong if you agreed with something that's ungodly. That'd make you wrong. It, you know, the Bible talks about you that condone the wicked. I mean, that's not right. But you say, well, you want to go here or go there? Well, well, you know, I think we should go here. You think we should go there? Okay, we'll go there. We'll go with your idea. Doesn't insist on having its own rights or its own way. Well, yeah, but I, I have a right to this. Okay, do you need to exercise that at this point? You know, husband-wife relationships, probably touch on that you know, more at some point, but, uh, or family in general, but you, know, you think of, Brother Hagen used to, would say it this way, if, if each partner will try to outdo the other person in love, you're going to have heaven on earth. When you think about it, if the one person is trying to outlove the other, that means, hey, I want you to go first. No, I want you to go first. No, I want you to go first. Hey, let's have what, you know, let's have your meal. No, I want it. I want, let's go to your favorite restaurant. No, I want to get, go to yours. You're not going to have a problem. If each person is always trying to prefer the other person, there, that's the, the grease, that's the oil that's going to make the machine go. There's no way to get into strife when you're always preferring the other person. Because as soon as the other person starts, you know, even if the other person started getting edgy, if you yield, say, oh, no, that's all right, we'll do this. Not talking about being a doormat. I'm just talking about working. Oh, you know, maybe they're a little bit more under stress or something, and so, hey, let's do it that way. And they can see that you're doing that, and you're allowing to do that. That just greases the skids. That allows you to get along. Doesn't, it does not insist on its own rights or its own way, for it is not self-seeking. See, that's the... the Biggest thing. It doesn't seek itself. God didn't seek itself. God gave. He sought our good. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. You know, when you're walking in love, it can appear that you're being naive at times. Somebody says something, and you know what they said. You know it was a dig. And you act like you didn't hear it. You just go right on. Somebody could be on, look, you know, looking on going, don't, they know, don't you know they just, they just bashed you? What? They're making fun of you, dude. Don't you get it? I get it. So what? That's what love is like. You're big enough. You know, you just, and that's actually insulting to the insulter if you're like ignoring them. So, it's like, I don't, I'm not going to waste my breath uh, responding to that. But that's not why you're doing it. You're just like, oh, whatever. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to take account of that. Verse six, it does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. So, love is going to rejoice at the right thing being done. Verse 7, love bears up under anything and everything that comes. So no matter what comes, love is overcoming, is ready to go. See, that is God. That's victory. Love doesn't just have to do with being nice. Love is how you live. Love, you come up something against something and it looks like it, it could take you out, but you don't, you just go right over it. You don't, you bear up under that and keep going. That's love. What? It's God. 
It's victory. It can't be stopped. It never goes, oh, man, there's no way. Well, see, that's just, you just, see, people wouldn't look at it like this, but you just got out of love. You look at it like I just started worrying, because love doesn't worry. Love bears up under anything. You, you look at it like I just lost my temper, and you would think love is like losing a temper for a person, but if you lose your temper, you're actually not walking in love. You're not, you're not connected with God at that point. You're not yielding to God. God would, is not upset. God is not fretful. God is like, we'll overcome this. That is love. And it fulfills every law that could ever be made. Love supersedes that and will get through everything that's thrown at it. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes is ever ready to believe the best of every person. No matter what's going on with them, love's just going to be like, well, maybe, you know, maybe they're this, that. I mean, you make excuses for people, but always looking for, you know, an angle. Brother Hagin, uh, he used to say, you know, somebody may have done something to him or whatever, but he hasn't seen him for years, and, and somebody would be like, well, you know, that person did this and this to you. He's like, well, maybe they changed. Maybe they're different now. You know, maybe they, they made a decision. Just looking at the best. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances and endures everything without weakening. Hope, its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances. That is love. That means no matter what's going on, you're still like, there's hope, we're going over. That's love. What? That's God. And what do we say gives is a witness to other people? Your love. Somebody, they'll see something in you. What they're seeing is God. God never is hopeless. God is overcoming. That's love. Faithless under all circumstances endures everything without weakening. That means something comes, something comes, but you're still just as strong as ever. This picture, all the things that were trying to be summed up in the Old Covenant were trying to make a skeleton that will get the Israelites to act sort of like this, but could not at all cover all the cases. This is God's love, and it applies everywhere, no matter what's going on, is conquering. No matter what comes, on, comes up, is patient, is kind, deals with people, believes the best. That covers everything and fulfills all righteousness. And then it says in verse 8, it never fails. Love never fails, never fades out, or becomes obsolete, or comes to an end. See, love doesn't have to have revisions of laws attached to it because it's already complete. It's God, and it never will, it'll never fail, it'll never be replaced, it never comes to an end. It's right. So if you are walking in love, you are right from the beginning, you're not going to have to be like, well, I was following this playbook. Dang, that doesn't apply here. You will know you're doing the right thing. You will come out right because it's God. It's the right thing, regardless if people change or circumstances change, you walking in love will always be proven to be the right thing. It fulfills the law. Amen?